1: Here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And a lift the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through lifestyle. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Oh, over there, over there. Send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra... Push over the cliff, you know what we do? Oh, Put it up to a eleven. Money. Exactly. You can email the show at Boots and Whiskey Podcast at gmail.com. That's boots and whiskey podcast at gmail.com. dot It's to swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcasts. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well. My advice to you start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Today we have a wonderful singer-songwriter from the great state of Maine, Stephanie Ryanon. Um, it was so nice to talk with her. She is, you know, a New Englander, so obviously there's a bias there for me, Right um hearing how she does everything and her professionalism um is really fascinating it's it's always nice to see the difference between artists um and she is no exception she she has the business sense of this industry she has the talent um which is absolutely key um i love her stuff i think she has a great country music voice um i look forward to seeing her hopefully very soon down here in in southern New England and um you know I can't really say much more like there's there's so much to say and you know I think the conversation is going to speak for itself um so again so without further ado you know thank you to uh to American Grit and Grace Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company Rowdy Roads Afterglow Boutique um you know thank you all so much and Stephanie thank you again um and without further ado here's our conversation together Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Stephanie Ryan. Hey, Stephanie.
2: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
2: I am good.
0: Thanks so much for being here.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I know we've kind of gone, you know, around and around with some things, and I apologize for that, but I'm, I'm, so, glad, I'm so glad we were able to figure this all out and make it happen.
2: Me too. I'm, I'm glad that we got a chance to do this.
0: Yeah. So tell me,
2: how did you get started in all this? Well, do you want the long version or the short
0: version? (laughs) I I want whatever version
2: you want to tell. Uh, So, I mean, my whole life I've been singing. My mom was in a, a band way back before she had any of us. So I grew up with her singing around the house. And I think that just kind of paved the way for me and my sisters to be singing all the time. And we grew up listening to a ton of different music. Um, my brother, of course, was into more hardcore stuff, but then my love loved Barbra Streisand and we listened to Celine Dion, but we also listened to Shania Twain and Faith Hill and Selena. So like there was a very vast, um, you know, vast genres of music that we listened to growing up. And I always knew that I wanted to pursue music in some way. It was just figuring out how that was gonna work. I mm-hmm. was in a ton of different choirs and I did all the shows at school. And when I turned 16, I, there was a show that came out like a couple of years prior that I was waiting to, to become of age to audition for. And that was American Idol. Um, and I tried out for American Idol probably six times. I tried out for The Voice three times. I tried out for Nashville Star when that was a thing once. Uh, but that quickly went away. So it was just, you know, the two shows. I, I gave it, you know, my best for several years and nothing really ever came of that. And also trying to find people to, to write with and to, you know, pursue music with was a challenge, um, being that a lot of people that I had met that back then, um, wanted to have so much more control of the situation. And, you know, I was a young writer just starting out and also didn't want to get taken advantage of. So I was very cautious, I guess you would say, um, into really getting into music and, and through the years although i've done other things i was a volunteer firefighter for 13 years i went into modeling for 10 years i got my degrees um i finally met in 2000 what is it probably 14 no 2015 or 16 i linked up with elliot lewis uh he's the keyboardist for hall and Oates, and mm-hmm. he happened to be our next door neighbor at the time, (laughs) which (laughs) really worked out for me. But um, he introduced me to some of his musician friends. And that's where I met my co-writer, Kevin Tatoyan, who I wrote all of my songs on my EP that it came out in 2018. So that really gave me a a start in pursuing music as a, a career for myself probably since I was 14 and you know finding those right people I did back then and he and I wrote for two years before I was like all right you know what let's pick the, f- the best five songs that we have and I want to I want to record them and you know start a career I, you know I really want to do this so we did and then I you know started going to Nashville and my trips became more and more frequent trying to network with people and here we are today, many, many singles later. <laughs> and I, you know, I met my now producer down in Nashville, Brent Raider. He's amazing. And we've been working together since uh, February 2020,
0: I guess. Nice. So, yeah. You know, doing all of this and, you know, going through going through the careers as you, as you said, was music always a staple and was that something you always you know, wanted to do even, even when you were doing everything else?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, music is always my, my first love, I would say. Um, It was just finding the right people to work with, the right timing, you know, timing is everything they say, right? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's incredible how, you know, I've, I've talked to so many people and, you know, people that have been on, you know, Idol and The Voice and all of these things. Now for you personally, do you see, um, or do you feel that the, what, whatever happened with those things as a, as a blessing for you currently?
2: I don't know if I would call it a blessing. I, I definitely think things happen for a reason. Everything does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, me not getting very far in those competitions, you know, was obviously meant to be, I kind of just take it as that. And, you know, had those things not happened, maybe I wouldn't have met the people that I have, you know, everything has a chain reaction. So um, I'm very much like, I guess this was supposed to happen the way that it is. And I'm incredibly happy with where I'm at right now. So I'm, I feel blessed regardless.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And that, that's incredible, you know, because, you know, I, I, I see it as this exactly the way you just said it. You know if you don't have you know those things happen you don't necessarily meet the people you do because if Mm -hmm. it goes the other way it's you're on a whole different trajectory absolutely um so now that you're doing this full-time and doing your doing your thing what is your day-to-day life like how do you schedule out everything what are you doing when you play in shows how do you schedule all that stuff you know are you balancing anything else, what exactly goes into your day to day?
2: It's a lot of things. I mean, every day is a bit different. There are days when I'm just writing. I'm always practicing guitar every day because I learned, I I taught myself how to play guitar over the pandemic. So I haven't been playing for very long. Um, I always wrote, like I said, and I wrote with hearing melodies and harmonies and all that in the lyrics, of course, but playing guitar, Was something I always wanted to learn and finally just buckled down and did it so I'm always practicing guitar every day but whether it's you know writing I if I have the itch to write it that kind of takes over everything else so Mm -hmm. I go about that but there's there's a lot that goes into it because I'm I'm the artist I'm the songwriter I'm the manager I'm the booking agent I'm the marketing (laughs) I, I do all the things and I do it on my own so There are plenty of times that I'm sitting in front of my computer for eight hours straight just getting my website done or um, working on my social media that I'm going to post or just emailing. You know, when you have a new song come out, you've got to start emailing everybody that is on your list that you've compiled over the years and making sure everybody knows that something's coming out and asking for reviews and um, for people to add it to playlists and all that kind of stuff so every day is very different there's also reaching out to different venues around to see who has live music who would be willing to have it and, and booking you for certain shows every time I go down to Nashville I have to plan everything in advance so I'm yeah. reaching out probably a month or so in advance to get on writers rounds and uh, set up meetings and rights and all that kind of stuff so it's uh It's busy. I could say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So how often are you getting to Nashville?
2: I am there probably every four to six weeks, I would say.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I try
2: to get down there as often as I can. And, you know, sometimes it's every month. Sometimes it's every other month. It just kind of depends on what I get scheduled, what events are happening in town. I try to get there for, for certain events. So like CMA Fest is something that, I try to go to uh, CRS, which is in February. I try to get down there for that. So there are definitely the anchor points of when I get to town, but then there's the trips in between that I sprinkle in so that I can you know, continue to network and write with new people and, and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So is there talk or plan to just make Nashville home at this point because you're going so often?
2: Not really. I mean, with the pandemic, everything changed, right? We, I had thought about moving there prior to the pandemic. And then once it hit, there was such an opportunity to do everything virtually. And that I still do. I mean, I was kind of doing that already when I was, you know, planning to, to move down there. I, I did everything at home and did my trips, but now People are doing that so much more, and and I have a home, so I can't just kind of pick up and leave. I'm also not, you know, 19 years old I can <laughs> do whatever I want. <laughs> Would be nice, but yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily necessary right. yet to right. to be there full time. I'm making it work this way right now, and and we'll see where it goes. I'm hoping that there's going to be somebody knocking on my door someday saying, "We need you down in Nashville every single day because this is what we've got planned for you." And I will move in a heartbeat. But for right now, it doesn't make sense for me, for me to be there full time. And honestly, it's kind of nice living outside of town. Being the fact that I can go there when I need to, to do what I do. And I pack everything into the time that I'm there. And then I leave. And when I come back, there's just so much more to do. You know, I'm not in the same daily, day-to-day things that everybody else is in that's down there. I also have different experiences because I'm in Maine where I live and go back and forth. So I I think it's kind of nice to have the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny because like I talked, you know, the people I've talked to that don't live in, in town, I always ask like, you know, why aren't you living there? And like, a lot of them are just said exactly what you did. Like you don't need to, in today's day and age, you know, it's almost better if Nashville comes to you than you go to them. You know, because there's so much competition and everybody, you know, there's going to be inevitably somebody else, you know, and you don't have that balance and you don't have that opportunity to, you know, stand Mm -hmm. out.
2: Absolutely. I also think that a lot of people will go and move down there and they spend two years, they can't hack it and they move. And I, I never wanted to be one of those people you know right. not to discredit them or anything but you you shouldn't move until you're ready if that makes any sense so you know what you're getting yourself yeah. into you know the costs associated with it I have so many friends that work a couple of jobs just to be able to live down there and I'm fortunate enough that I can pursue music full-time um, without having to, to have another job currently um, so it just it makes it a lot easier for, for me to really focus on my music than to worry about how am I going to pay my next bill when I'm living somewhere I can't afford and you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so talk to me about the music you have released and what's coming um, <clears throat> from you in the future, whether it's soon, whether it's late next year, whatever, whatever that looks like.
2: I try to be pretty consistent with putting out music because it's, I have plenty of music to put out, but it's also, really important to me to do singles right now people listen so quickly and then they're on to the next thing that you know a lot of people have asked me are you going to put out an album but i learned from putting my ep out in 2018 that you know people are listening to your ep as long as they're listening to a single and is that really worth it so for me it's all about putting out the singles i've got my newest single what christmas means to me an original um, holiday song that i wrote with levi moore That came out two weeks ago now, I think. And the Mm -hmm. music video came out last week. Um, That's really exciting. And I finally was able to get the video on CMT. So that's gonna be in late December, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, So we have that going on right now. I mean, I'm constantly writing. I already have my next single in the works that's gonna come out most likely February, 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I try to put out singles probably every eight to ten weeks or so and I only put out things that I feel extremely strongly about so if it's longer than the eight to ten weeks that's fine it's just I try to be consistent everybody tells you how consistent you should be and um, I know a lot of people that put out singles every six weeks and some that put out singles every six months and kind of is just whatever works for you but coming up I've got the new singles. I I think this year I put out four singles. So I'm probably going to do the same moving forward as long as I have, you know, songs that really mean something to me. And then just working on scheduling for next summer, trying to get on some summer festivals, booking more opening acts for different artists. I did um, a few shows last year. I opened for Tennille Arts back in Baltimore um, over the summer. There was a summer series out there. So I I would love to be doing more of that. Um, More live music, of course, because now that the pandemic, it's not over, but it's definitely not as awful as it has been in the past. Um, People are going out and and doing more. There's more opportunity for live music, which I'm totally, extremely happy about. Um, So booking those, there's also the idea of booking more live stream shows because you know during the pandemic people were doing that a lot and I don't know how many people are really continuing to do that but I found it as such an amazing thing to be able to reach people that I wouldn't normally be able to reach everybody overseas I've had people tune into my live streams from Australia um from all over the UK so I I like the idea of being able to reach such a, a broader audience by doing the live streaming so having a mix of the two would be awesome so there's just there's gonna be a lot coming up I've got the trips to Nashville that I'm doing I'm trying to go end of January end of February beginning of March um I'll obviously be there in June for CMA Fest hopefully that's happening this year um there's just a lot coming down the pike
0: (laughs) yeah so do you find it easy to are you playing shows close to home when you can
2: Yeah, I'm working on playing more shows in Maine, but I've got shows in Connecticut, Rhode Island. I'm going to work on New York as well. Um, I know there's a bunch of places to play in New Jersey, so the East Coast I can do pretty easily. Then there's I've got family in Virginia and South Carolina and North Carolina. Um, So the coast I can definitely hit. Obviously, Nashville, I got the opportunity to play in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, um, at the listening room out there, which is awesome. And just a lot more opening up where I'm playing. I, I would really like to travel a lot more yeah. and be able to reach more audiences. So that is gonna be part of the goal for next year.
0: Well, that's incredible. Well, when when you come to Rhode Island, you gotta let me know because that's it's so close for me. And, yeah, uh, we'll definitely try to make it out to that. That's for sure. Absolutely. Do, do you have dates and places in mind already?
2: For next year, no. I, I'm no. in talks with a lot of people, but we don't have anything concrete yet. I'm trying to finish this year because it's, you know, coming to an end, and I have one show next week in Ro- uh, not Rhode Island—in Connecticut in Mystic, mm-hmm. and that's probably my last show of the year. And then we'll we'll see what happens for next year.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, yeah. so it looks like, you know, it's it's funny because. I hear you talk about the way you have, you know, you're running this more, you know, more or less like an actual business rather than, you know, just being a singer songwriter and seeing what happens. And it's so fascinating to me to hear it from that aspect because you're you're doing it and you're doing it really well.
2: Thank you, I appreciate that. And honestly, it is a business.
0: Yeah, it really is. You know, and it, and it's funny to it's funny to hear sometimes how. You know, you hear somebody like you that has like a, a plan and a, and a structure more or less to make your business grow, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you're so successful at it because you put the time and the effort and the energy in it. And it, you know, it also helps that you're really good at the singer-songwriter portion.
2: Well, thank <laughs> you. Know? you. I, I appreciate that greatly.
0: <laughs> you know, because, you know, and I think, you know, in, in this sort of business, you know, you have to have a little bit of both, right? You have to have the business smart and you have to have the talent. And you have both of those where a lot of people may only have one or the other.
2: Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. I'm striving to do my best. Uh, There is no other option for me. And I think that's also what what helps with everything. I don't wanna do anything else but music in some way, shape or form. And if nothing ever happens for me where I, you know, am able to be on stages and, you know, traveling all over the world, I'm still going to pursue music and book smaller gigs around, just continue to to do what I love and and be able to make a living at it because that's all, that's what matters to me in my life. Right.
0: Right. So, so you're not opposed to go anywhere at this point.
2: Oh gosh. I mean, somebody told me to go into the most obscure place because they had a job for me to, perform i would be there
0: <laughs> yeah right and that's that's great because you can't you know the first time you say notice something is mm-hmm. you know it, it's a trickle effect because it gets out
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: and it's like oh well she wouldn't come here or she wouldn't do this or she couldn't you know whatever even if you couldn't for a legitimate reason it's still you know it still doesn't you know sit well with people and
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: i've i've been the victim of that myself but um
2: you have to be smart it. about it. I mean, there right. are plenty of places I want to go, but if it doesn't make sense right now, then I have to say no. And that's just right. part of, of the business and part of the game. You don't say hell no and then never go because then, yeah, you're never going to get up there again. Right. But, you know, you have to You have to be smart about it. I, I know what my boundaries are, I guess, at this point. And hoping to break those down, but, you know... You just have to know where you're at and and be smart about it. I think that's what hinders people a lot is that they want to do everything and they don't want to say no to anything. But then you're also digging a hole for yourself because if somebody wants you to come play and they're not paying you to do it and they want you to fly across the U.S. or across the pond, you're spending a lot of money to get that done. And if it makes sense, because you're pay- playing a huge show in front of 35,000 people, then sure, go for it. But right. if you're playing at a bar for 100, that might not make the most sense <sighs> right. for you. It just, right. you have to weigh your options.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like, because, you know, we I've been lucky enough to have been invited to do things and cover things. And, you know, some sometimes you just have to say no because of, you know, it's like, I would love to cover you for the third time this in three months but you know this other opportunity has come up that (laughs) might not come Mm -hmm. again so it's yeah i totally totally get it i 100 percent understand all that um so do you have any plans of ever doing an ep again or an album or are you gonna just stick with the singles because that's what's working
2: you know i'm not opposed to eventually at some point doing another ep or or a full album it really just depends on where i'm at at the time um it's very costly as an independent artist to do an ep or an album because you're you know fronting that money for the songs and if there if there's a want for it by enough people i'm happy to do that but for right now the single thing is working for me and i'm going to continue that until something changes
0: yeah. Now, where are you recording? Are you recording? Do you have a studio at home and doing it that way and sending it out to people to master or whatever? Or do you are you actually going to an actual studio in Nashville or close to home to, to do all that?
2: It's funny that you mentioned that because what we were talking about earlier about the fact that you can do things virtually, especially with the pandemic. I met my producer in February 2020 and we were going to start working together. And obviously... March 2020, the whole world shut down. So he and I have put out most of my singles since 2020 um, virtually. I've he sent him the songs. He creates the track, sends it to me. I have my home studio that I record vocals in, and then I would send it to him. And actually, the Christmas song that I just put out, What Christmas Means to Me, is the first song in the I don't know, six or seven that we've done together that I actually went to his studio in Nashville to record. Oh, wow. That's cool. So again, you don't necessarily have to live in Nashville to be able to pursue music, country music specifically. Um, You can be wherever you want to be. I love being in the studio. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love being in the studio. It's such a different feel and environment and, there's a lot more dialogue that happens besides me just recording some takes in my home studio and then sending them down. It's just a different experience and, and I do enjoy that. So I'm hoping that the next coming singles will be in person, but if the timing doesn't work out, we always have that option to to do it
0: virtually. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you because you're the first guest I've had since a, with a Christmas song out. Oh how how does this work you know because you have to obviously plan and all that and record at what point do you have to say in a year where it's like i want to put out a christmas song and it be ready for christmas time and when does that whole process have to start
2: well we i wrote it let's rewind to the beginning i wrote the song (laughs) last last christmas season so i was playing it online a little bit and you know getting the reactions from people and, and they seem to really enjoy it. So I knew that I wanted to put it out this year. And so I would say back in July, I sent it to my producer Brent and I said, I want to, I want to put this Christmas song out, you know, during the holiday season. I went down in August, I believe. Was it August? No, September. End of September. I, I went down to Nashville and I recorded it. Most songs, you know, for the holiday season are written and recorded in like July, August, September. That's when you have to do it. So you make sure everything's ready for the holiday season. You have to shoot the cover. You know, it's not just about the song. When you upload to Spotify and Apple Music through whatever distribution channel, you have to have the artwork for it and the song done. So that we finished in, I think, edit, at it uploaded and ready. So we were just good to go when it came out in November.
0: Wow. That's, that's, no, it, is it frustrating as an artist where it's like you have this song that you really like that you wrote, you know, December of last year and have to sit on it for a year?
2: No, honestly, it's not that hard because it's a holiday song, you know, it's not like. Right,
0: right. Uh, <laughs> right. Any other
2: song that you're you know sitting on? I, it's funny because when I when I met Brent in February 2020, I had sent him "I Should," which is one of the songs that he has produced with me. And that one I ended up having to sit on because when I, the world shut down and I was going to put out that song, I wanted to hold it because I felt like it wasn't the appropriate time to put that song out. And I wrote something else for well inspired by the pandemic and that was nights like these so that was our first song that we completed together and that came out in i think june 2020 um at the height of everything crazy but i wanted to get you know that song out sooner than i should so i i sat on i should for i don't know six months or something like that i don't find it really difficult to sit on a song when you kind of have a feeling of when you want it to come out and it's yeah. an appropriate time for it. The next single that I'm going to be doing is a love song and, and mm-hmm. that's not something that I've put out yet. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I've had the song for a while and, and we're going to recording it probably this month or early next month. But it's one I've been holding and you got to hold it for the appropriate time. So going back to what you said before, I know this is kind of long winded. But um, the Christmas song wasn't hard because, you know, it's for a, a specific time of year.
0: Right. Right. Now, you know, when you say you you're you're holding a song, like I have an idea of what that means. But do you mean it in the way I'm thinking about it and holding it and you've never played it live or in any capacity? and it's just kind of ready to be cut and put out, or you have played it live and people are enjoying it, you just haven't cut it and put it out there yet.
2: It's kind of a mix of the two. Um, when the pandemic happened, you were, we were playing things online, um, and some stuff I never would play, or I'd put, post a clip of it on social media and, and get people's reaction and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so some stuff is held in a sense of not playing it for anybody and just putting it out on on your own and then there's the playing it for the small audiences that you have online or in person to get a a feel for if people like the song and then going forward and recording that
0: oh interesting that's interesting because i've always i've always thought of it in in both ways right Mm because you know hearing hearing songs live and then going looking for them and not seeing them, and it's like, well, what, what the hell? This, this is a great song, why isn't it out? And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting to hear your take on it and um, how that has all worked for you, it's awesome.
2: Well, I also tell people when, when I play it, whether it's online or it's in person, I'll say like, the song isn't out yet, wanted to know what you guys think, and then I'll play the song. Uh, so people are aware of what's out and what's not.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, like as a fan, Um, of music in general like if I hear a song that I really like and I want to hear it all the time and it's not out it's like Mm -hmm. ah come on man you're killing me Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but but that also makes it it's also the appeal right is to you know keep people intrigued and engaged and you know sticking around to to get that song eventually because it it will eventually be released right
2: absolutely I mean not everything gets released it it really depends I have a few songs that I've played live that that people enjoy, but I don't know if it's something that I would want to release.
0: Why is that? But
2: It's a mix of things. Gosh, it's, um, you know, timing. Timing is everything. It's also, yeah. you know, you write a song, you play it out and people like it, but it might be, not be something that you really connect with anymore. Okay. So it's, you know, a song that kind of goes to the wayside or maybe you pitch it to another artist that might want to record it because it means something more to them. Yeah. So it, it definitely varies.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. I love, you know, I'm loving this conversation about how, you know, you know, for you, like the industry has worked and, you know, what you're doing and the business aspect behind it. So, you know, I really appreciate it. Um,
2: Absolutely. I, I got a
0: few things for you before I let you go. Cause I know you're, you're busy and you've got your thing going on and, you know, I same my guess. <laughs> um, so, seeing we are the boots and whiskey podcast what are your boots of choice and what is your whiskey bourbon or rye of choice if you have one
2: oh i love this question <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: uh, so boots right now most of my boots are fry the fry company so those are a lot of what i wear um right now and it doesn't really matter as far as brand it's all about what it looks like and how comfortable it is to perform because because I'm playing guitar myself I can't be wearing stilettos on stage (laughs) (laughs)
0: because
2: that just it wouldn't work uh so fry is my boot of choice for now and then as far as whiskey I am kind of a whiskey snob now I feel like I've (sighs) been drinking whiskey for quite some time and my palate has vastly changed over the past few years and Right now, I love uh, Whistlepig. Their uh, ten-year rye is absolutely phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that Whistlepig is really good, but I just I haven't been able to bring myself to drop the hundred dollars on a bottle yet because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would uh, get murdered at home if I did that. Well,
2: <laughs> the uh, the six-year rye, it's called Piggyback. That one is really good, and I think that one's only about fifty, so you can oh, you can start yeah. there. I could just buy two of those bottles. Because two is better than one. I honestly, right. I really like the 10-year. So I would yeah. definitely recommend that if you if you like rye.
0: Yeah, because I know, so a, a local restaurant to me has the one after the 10, whatever that one is. The 12? Uh, it might be. And, you know, for a shot of it, it was like, it's like 60 bucks because of how expensive the bottle is.
2: Oh, wow. it's like
0: it's like damn. And it's
2: probably not the 12 because it, be. it might not be it might be 12.
0: it might be even older than that but like i talk mm-hmm. to the owner all the time and i'm like how good is this he goes well it's the price it is for a reason It's like all mm-hmm. right fair enough
2: well i mean you know god bless him i'm not spending sixty dollars on no. two ounces of whiskey i mean no. i love whiskey but that's aggressive <laughs>
0: right, right right um but you know steph thanks so much for being on. I greatly appreciate it. I, you know, I wish you nothing but the best and the most luck and everything you're doing, you know, you're, you're killing it. You're doing incredible. Please let me know whenever you're close to the Rhode Island, Southern mass area. And I'd be, I'd love it to meet you and, and chat in person. And, you know, whenever things come out, let me know and we'll blast them out there and, and, and give you the credit for it.
2: I absolutely will. And, and thank you so much for having me. If there are any places around you that have live music, please feel free to to send them my way. Cause I'm always looking for new places to, to perform, especially up and down the East coast. So I'd appreciate that. And obviously would love to meet you in person and be able to chat maybe over some whistle pig tenure.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Well, have a great rest of your day and thank you so much for joining us. And, and we'll talk super soon. Thank you. You too. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Everyone, Stephanie Ryan, what a pleasure talking with her. Like I said, at the top of the show, um, I, I like a lot of what she had to say. Um, I love the no nonsense business aspect to her. The, the grind and the grit that she has for her passion and her craft. Um, you know, she's a wonderful singer songwriter. And, uh, if you haven't checked out her stuff, I really hope you do because you won't be disappointed. Um, Stephanie, thank you. I look forward to meeting you in person. I mean, we're so close. There's really no reason why we shouldn't or can't. Um, but until next time, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking out the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I can't, I still can't get over the TikTok thing. Um, But until next time, keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, everyone. Good night.